Broadcasting from the Stolen Droids Hangout, it's the Stolen Droids Podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of Stolen Droids Podcast. I'm Zoner. I'm Zook. And we're actually recording on time for like the first time in... A few weeks. Many, many weeks. Many moons. Many moons. We are joined by uh, Ninja the Cat, uh, who is our new unofficial mascot of Stolen Droids. And please do not crawl on my keyboard cat. You don't want keyboard cat? I do not want keyboard cat. I just know that there's a hotkey for like stopping the recording and screwing up an entire episode that I've never discovered in 281 episodes of doing this show that the cat will find in the very first time. Well, we're less than a minute in, so no big deal. Hey, uh, before we go any further, we're going to give a shout out to our friends over at Trek Radio, Krypton Radio, Radio KCR, Geek Factor Radio, tons of radios, Open Book Audio, uh, Salt Lake Comic Con, Eagle Moss Limited, and WP Cycle Web Hosting. Yes, and thank you to Salt Lake Comic Con for hooking us up with some multi passes to give away. So multi pass. If, if you missed out on that, um, maybe you should follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Yeah, it's Just kind saying. of it's kind of funny because uh, Zara, you did a very good uh, write up of it on the site, but most people find news about us from our Facebook page. The problem is that if you want to win these multi passes, you have to like our Facebook page. You do, you do. It's kind of a catch twenty two. It is, but you know, there was a lot of details. I thought it was more appropriate to put on the site than to just put in Facebook posts. So very true, very true. I I tried to. You know, I, I got to try and drive people to the site to be ad blocked, you know, because <laughs> let's face it, people are ad blockers. Mm-hmm. And Indeed. even I am. I, am I never I never click on our ads. Although I did disable the ad blocker for stolen droids ah. so that I can see, you know, which Asian ladies want to date me today yeah um that says something about your browsing habits it you really can, you doesn't. can claim anything you want we all know the truth it really doesn't say anything about my browsing habits okay okay sure Be- and, and i know that because schmitty has the same thing and i'm pretty certain he's not searching for asian women as well ironically i'm the only asian on the show i never get those yeah, they don't know their demographic, apparently. <laughs> Evidently. Um, hey, we got some feedback um, on our Facebook page. Uh, Kyle writes, uh, I think that this French mayor, the one who wants to ban Pokemon Go for not asking permission, and apparently a bunch of other French officials want to restart something like Droit de, de Signor. I don't know what that is. Like Prima Nocta from Braveheart for the Webnets. I think they will next demand that you seek permission to breathe their air or use their sunlight. Which, you know, that sounds French. It really does, doesn't it? Yeah. I think we've got some articles about French being French this week, too. We do, in fact, and kind of southern redneck, too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. Um, Paul writes, um, Le French, listening to the latest podcast while on a flight back from Paris, the French are just generally unimpressed with everything, although they are more fond of the Scottish than most vid- visitors due to our many crusades together and connections to the Scottish and French royal families. In the queue for the catacombs, I saw a young American girl with a nasally Californian accent look at a tic- look a tick vendor right in the eye and say, Gracias then look totally confused at the barrage of abuse she got back. While this was going on, 
I caught a magmar, so I was pleased. Uh, with regards to Facebook and their Steam style system, I wonder how much this has to do with the Oculus rather than the current lineup of Facebook games. I have attached a pic from the inside of the catacombs of a corridor made up with actual human bones and skulls. More pics on my Instagram. Thank you, Paul. No, you didn't. There's no picture. But I've seen those pictures before. Is that where Indiana Jones went in The Last Crusade? Yes. Like with Elsa? Uh, yeah, yeah. Although that was in Venice, never mind. Yeah, but it was taken from the idea of the French catacombs. Yeah, okay. I like that movie. Just saying. Yeah. Um, I hadn't really considered that. I had forgotten that Facebook actually owned the rights to the Oculus. Yeah, they purchased um, a couple years ago, I think. Now. Yeah, yeah, we reported on it, and I had completely forgotten about that, Paul. But you're right. It would make more sense for Facebook to have a kind of game platform that can deliver games like that so they can do Oculus games, not anything else. Yeah, I mean, they shouldn't be trying to compete with Steam when they have already have their platform. Right. Uh, why not utilize that platform and make it as awesome as it can be? I, I mean, I don't Well, know. and the fact is, too, unfortunately... Um, I, I watch a lot of... Uh, I, I have watched Newsnight. Uh, it's a... Uh, no, I haven't. I'm screwing everything up tonight. Two weeks ago, I had no filter. Last time, I think I was just full-on racist. This time, I'm just kind of scattered everywhere. No, the newsroom, the HBO show with uh, with uh, Jeff Daniels, you know, you see a lot of the uh, clips of it on the internet. The journalists in that show all make sure they have two separate sources, right? That's a big thing for them. Are there two different sources? Are they reliable sources? Are there sources we name? We don't live in that world anymore, and I kind of wonder if when everyone said, oh, yeah, Facebook is working on a game competitor against Steam, if really what it was was a single person saying it would deliver games kind of the same way Steam does, and everyone took that and ran with it. And so suddenly, by the time we got it, it was a whole bunch of Facebook is coming out with the competitor to Steam. They're coming out with their own Steam platform. That could be, you know, I've noticed two separate occasions this week where I was listening to the radio on the way into work and the news comes on and they gave me this dramatic news story that contained zero information. It was basically a clickbait headline delivered via the radio with no actual link to click on. And I think that's just the way of journalism. So I wouldn't be surprised if somebody misinterpreted something that somebody said, you know, in a drunken stupor at a bar one night. Yeah. And all of a sudden, that's gospel truth that the tech industry uh, insiders, quote unquote, are running with. Mm -hmm. And it's funny because we, when that came out, we just saw endless headline after headline after headline. For all we know, all those different places were quoting the same single source. You know, I've noticed that you look at a lot of these. In fact, I've stopped following a lot of the different news sources because it's just regurgitated from other places. I mean, almost word for word. These reporters, and again, I use the term loosely, really aren't doing a very good job at reporting anything. Indeed. Their copy-paste skills are awesome, though. Um, let's go. Let's, let's start off. Do we have any more feedback? or? Um, I don't know. I can't think of any. I can't find any. There's that one place. I, I think we have like a website called StolenDroids.com. 
I'll check it. I'll check it next week. I'll check it after Comic Con. Yeah, I don't know how people are leaving comments there because I tried to leave a comment on something and it wouldn't let me. I don't know what's up. Oh, I just have it set to block you. Oh, it makes sense. Yeah. Um, into our headlines, and let's let's strike while the iron's hot here and just harass France uh, because they had a bad week. Um. So, in the south of France, on a nice beach on the French Riviera, a woman was wearing a burkini. It sounds stupid. It does sound stupid. It's a stupid name. But <laughs> it's, it is it, it, it's, it's swimwear meant for people who wear burkas, the traditional female garb of many m- Muslims. At this day and age, if you don't know what a burqa is, look it up. But you've seen them. And she was at the beach. She was wearing a swim version of it. And she was approached by police officers telling her she had to remove it. Now, that by itself is kind of horrifying. Yeah, you would think that there would be, I mean, especially in France, where, you know, it's, it seems to me like at least the news that we see here, very politically correct, very um, accepting. uh, I wouldn't say accepting. Muslims. But I, I mean, and I know that that's changed since the Muslims have like bombed the hell out of them. Um, we should clarify the terrorists. Yes, yes, which happen to be Muslims. So, I mean, a lot of that is kind of going away, and I get that. But I've always seen France as kind of, kind of permissive, I guess, when it comes to, especially immigrants, kind of doing their thing. Yeah, and maybe and- maybe I'm just completely up in the night on that, but that's that's my perception. But so. Police officers, and there's many pictures of them everywhere, approach this woman and force her to take off her burqa. Which, look, I don't mean to be insensitive, but it's not like she was hiding a box truck there. Yeah, she could have been hiding a a suicide vest, if that's really what you're worried about. But you're at the beach. Why would anyone do that at the beach? So, as bad as that is, it gets worse. And uh, and Kyle actually posted this in a follow-up on the f- Facebook site. The mayor of that town has now said that if anyone posts pictures of that incident to the internet, they will get sued. I don't think he understands how the internets work. I don't look. I'm not familiar with French law, but I'm fairly certain this is ridiculous. Now. Evidently, they're taking it quite seriously because they've already opened up a couple different lawsuits. But if it happens in a public space, then I'm sorry. Guess what? Anyone could have seen it. Anyone could have recorded it, taken pictures of it. True. And even if they don't upload it, let's say let's say Zoner was in France for whatever reason. Uh, because he just loves the French. and So very much. I like their croissants. And he took the, uh, the the picture, but sent it to me. I'm in the U.S. I'll just upload it instead. Like, it's this day and age. It's 2016. This is how the internet works. They yeah. weren't recording someone in an internet, in a, uh, in a bathroom stall. That would be illegal, you know? 
they weren't doing but, it. Uh, they weren't taking pictures of someone through the window of their home. They weren't breaching privacy. Well, and you know, you're on the beach. It's a public place. What do you expect? If you're doing something stupid in this world in which we live, where everybody has a camera at all times, expect to be recorded. I kind of get the impression that this is really just the mayor trying to protect the police. It could be. It, it totally is. It has to be. Because yeah, there's that's nothing my else that first really thought. explains this. Yeah, that was my first thought when I heard that, is that the mayor does not want people to see what the police are doing or how the police are doing their job. Which we've typically found here in the U.S. is a sure sign that the mayor knows the police screwed up. Yes. Yeah, I mean, that's true. That's true. I, I don't know how else to how else to put it. Yeah. Good job, France. Making Florida look normal. I don't think that's possible. <laughs> you say that like it's a thing. I'm trying to think of a better phrase. I'm trying to think of like a way to say, well, you know, at least you're not France. Yeah, that's true. I've said it before, though, and I'll say it again. France is just the Kanye of the world. They really are. And, you know, it seems like the more France does stuff and to try to not be France, the more that they just come across as very much France. Yeah. Um, okay, let's move into some... Well, let's move into some iPhone news. There's a lot of it. Yeah, and... uh it's not all good. In, in fact, very little of it is good. You know, it's when you're innovative like they are, occasionally stuff's just going to go south. But to be fair, though, looking over the headlines this week, there really isn't any good mobile news. No. Yeah, everything's bad. <laughs> you can turn <laughs> off this episode now. Congratulations. Everything this week is bad. On the plus side, I have not been hacked this week. Uh, no, your sister of. was instead. Yeah, my little sister, she called me the other day and asked, why does my Twitter account look like this? And why is the name changed? And why are there pictures of half-naked women on it? <laughs> I just laughed. Sounds like she had a good weekend. I said, you got hacked. She's like, are you sure? I'm like, did you post those? Because I'm pretty sure that, you know... If you didn't, you were hacked. And then she she says, well, when do you think it happened? I said, well, when was the last time you used your Twitter account? She said, I don't know. It's been years. I said, yeah, I'm guessing about 2009, judging by when these posts started happening. Yep. So, um, yeah, the, the hack zoner, hashtag hack zoner is out there. Just not this one. Let's actually, um, before we go into iPhone news, I just want to touch on this and I swear I put it into the show notes, but I can't find it now. While we're talking about Europe, um, Italy had uh, a rather bad earthquake this last week. Oh, um, yes. Yeah, a lot, a lot of, of people damage, suffering there. So. A lot of people suffering, yeah. A few people dead, a bunch of people missing. Uh, and the Red Cross of Italy had a very interesting idea that I don't know why, but I'd never, ever thought of it before. And props to the Italians for coming up with an idea like this. They're asking people in the area 
to remove the wireless password, the security, to their Wi-Fi networks. That sounds like a really bad idea. And to be sure, it certainly isn't advisable under most circumstances. No. But they're asking this because they want to ensure free communication for rescuers. That if a rescuer is in the area, they have access to communication in case cell phone coverage isn't working or in case cell phone coverage is damaged. Because the internet is so ubiquitous, because it's so prevalent in everything, and there's so many different ways to get internet, if you have internet and if you have Wi-Fi in the area, the Red Cross may want to be able to use it so they can communicate out and get information to people. I thought that was an interesting idea. And, you know, me being who I am, my very first thought was, wow, people are going to exploit the crap out of this. Yeah, yeah, I, I can see it. And there is going to be Hack Italy taking place. Well, they, they, they were quick to point out that if you choose to do this, we appreciate it. We advise you don't access your bank account, log into your email, or really use your personal network in any way that would compromise your security. Because if you've opened up your network, of course, people can get on there and do anything. I would actually say instead, but unfortunately, it would take a bit of knowledge on how to do this. You know, what? I take that back. I'm going to I'm going to spin this right here on the air. I'm just making this idea up. Sweet. You're like Trump tonight, man. Just saying what comes to your you mouth. You take that back and you <laughs> shut your whore mouth. <laughs> that was awesome. So carry on. I think it would be a kind of cool idea if routers, Wi-Fi access points, if the technology world in general had a standard, like an emergency signal standard, where if an emergency happens, the Red Cross can roll into an area, see all the different wireless networks that are in the area, send out their own signal, and all the wireless networks activate like some kind of hidden emergency communication mesh network. One that's VLAN off from everything else. So it uses the internet connection, but otherwise it leaves the rest of the network alone. Kind of so like com- a guest network. Yeah, so kind of like what Comcast does with their Xfinity guest or whatever. Yeah, yeah. It'd be like a guest network that was configured just for emergency services, and it was the same everywhere. Like, well, obviously not everywhere, but in the U.S., there's one standard. And in, in this case, Italy, there'd be another standard. Okay. I think that'd be kind of cool. That makes sense. And I, I can actually see the benefits of that. And I like that it would be a, like a separate guest network so that... Well, yeah, I mean, I can, I can VLAN out my network so that the guest network doesn't touch anything else, right? And I can do that pretty quickly. Yeah. But not everyone can. No, they can't. And I mean, you even mention a guest network to some people and you're just going to get a blank stare like you're a freak. Right. And you don't expect the Red Cross to say, we need you to activate your guest network. Please ensure that it is protected from the rest of your network. You can do this by logging into your, then you suddenly turn the Red Cross into a help desk. But yeah. to, ha- to have a standard like that that's already there would be really, really cool. I think that that's actually a really great idea. 
Good thinking, Zook. I know. Normally, I don't get these ideas unless I'm in the shower or on the toilet. This was this. Hey. Hey, shower thoughts, man. Okay. Okay. Now into iPhone news. Not good news for Apple. There is a, I love how they're describing this, the touch disease. <laughs> it's like some STD. It's a horrible, horrible <laughs> iPhone STD. So evidently- some people get the clap. iPhones get the touch. <laughs> uh, the iPhone 6 and 6 Plus seem to have a fault, a hardware fault, actually, with the uh, integrated circuit that controls the touchscreen. And you can have babied this phone. You could have you could have just barely gotten it, barely unboxed and turned it on. This isn't something like it's been shattered or broken. It just doesn't work. The touchscreen itself doesn't work. And it turns out a lot of it has to do with the way they've manufactured the iPhone 6 and 6 Plus. Uh, they didn't solder on... Well, no, I apologize. They did solder on the circuit, they just didn't cement it into place like they normally do. They didn't put a harder shield to hold it in place, they just put flexible plastic. And what's happening is is the integrated circuit that controls the touchscreen is lifting off and basically rendering it inoperable. Replacing the screen doesn't help. Yeah, because it's, it's like the chip is coming um, apart from the board. So now there is a way to tell if your phone has the quote unquote touch disease. I love that so much. The, the Apple touch. Um, that sounds so wrong. I can't make it sound right in my head, no matter how many times I run it through. Uh, if you have like a gray <laughs> bar that's appeared and kind of flickers, then you probably have it or rather your phone has it. And it's trying to pass it to you through your ear. Because that's what apples do. <laughs> okay. It's like a xenomorph just hooked onto the side of your face. Uh, yeah. And this leads nicely into a comparison study where... Uh, who did this? Because they just say it's a new study. Do they ever say who it... I'm not sure. It's up on BGR.com, which a lot of people... If you look on Reddit, a lot of people are saying, well, you know, BGR kind of sucks because, you know, it's it's biased and whatever. It but. is biased, but it's usually biased for Apple. Uh, it turns out the company is called Blanco Technology Group. They use their mobile diagnostics tool, and they collected performance from millions and millions of phones throughout the second quarter of 2016. And then they compared them and saw, okay, why are phones failing? What is failing on them? And what kind of phones fail more? Interestingly, the most common failure is iOS. Yes. 58% of all iOS devices failed in that quarter. Only 42% passed. Um, compare, and that's way up from the previous one. Uh, and, of course, it was the iPhone 6 was the the largest number of that. I think that's a false statistic right there. I think it's because the iPhone 6 and 6S uh, probably account for the largest bulk of iPhones currently out on the field. Yeah, that would make sense. You know, uh, Sorry, go ahead. Uh, you know, they, they've got a few of the iPhone 5S and then a ton of the iPhone 6 with the v- various iterations of the iPhone 6 in between. 
but it stands to reason there's going to be more failure rate in iPhone 6s because there's more of them out there. Right, right. Um, now, Android fell, actually. It used to be 44% of all Android devices failed in the quarter. Now it's down to 35%. So, hey, go Android, right? But what I find really interesting, and and I should back up, again, um, the big bulk of the Android phones that fail, Samsung, 26%, which would make sense because Samsung is also the largest provider of Android phones. Yeah, they're the ones who dominate the market. Now, as far as a failure go, we're not talking like catastrophic failures here. Yeah, and that's really kind of vague. Yeah, I mean, they're looking, it could be something as simple as your app crashing or Wi-Fi connectivity or, I mean, your phone reboots. Mm -hmm. Now, I would like to touch on that here, okay? Um, First off, this throws directly counter to what a lot of Apple fans would like to say. Oh, It just works. It just works. My iPhone always works. Not a problem. Always works. Well, the truth is, and I've always said this, no, it doesn't. It straight up doesn't. Yeah, it it really doesn't. I had a boss. uh, He wasn't my direct supervisor, but he was a boss in the company I worked for uh, a few years back. And he was a huge Apple fan and always going on and on and on about how his iPhone always just worked. It worked perfectly. It always just worked. I said, dude, no, it doesn't. Your phone fails twice a week. Twice a week, you have to reset your entire phone. Now, define reset. Like factory reset the sucker. Okay. Oh, that's not good. Twice a week. Well, that's why it just works. But to him, (laughs) and this is the difference, and I wrote about this years ago. I wrote about this on the site, that Apple users have a different mindset when it comes to how things should work and what constitutes a failure. My MacBook Pro completely failed, completely gave up the ghost. I had to recover it from backup. Well, that's why I have a backup. It is normal for them to completely blow away everything on the laptop and restore from a backup. To be fair, it's really easy to make a backup with Apple. Whereas typically Windows users, wiping it completely back to bare metal and restoring from backup should be a last resort. Well, it's the same thing kind of with iPhone users and Android users. That boss of mine, he said it always worked, even though it kept failing, because all he had to do was plug it into his computer, tell iTunes to restore from the last backup. And sure, it took a half hour to do, but then he was back up and running. And to him, that meant, oh, it's working. It's working just fine. Or, you know, worst case scenario, I took it into the App Store, to the Apple Store. The genius at the Apple Store just gave me a replacement. Plugged it in. It restored from my last backup. Boom. It's working. It's working. <laughs> and I, I don't think that working means what they think it means. Yeah, I mean, it's like, okay, well, that's just the Apple way, you know, and Windows won't do that. You're right, Windows won't do it. It's actually not easy to restore uh, a complete computer image for Windows. And doing so on Android sucks. You know, yeah, Google's made it a lot easier. You can wipe back to factory, and as soon as you sign in, you can say, yes, restore from you know, the the app data from previous iterations, but it's still a pain. Oh, yeah. Is I it, remember spending hours restoring yeah. apps and, I mean, you name it. Yeah, just, it's it's an investment of time. But it, it really is. So you could say that, sure, well, yeah, Apple does that, but it's a feature. 
I want you to extend this analogy to something else. Let's say a car. Okay. Okay. I just bought this car and the brakes keep going out. Well, here, let me give you a new car. Thanks. The brakes just went out on that car too. Oh, you're right. You're right here. Let me give you a new car. Um, okay. The brakes just went out on that one. Well, go ahead and turn it off and turn it back on. There, the brakes work again. Okay, right up until they fail again. Yeah, you call that a lemon. Yeah. You, you don't say, hey, it's reliable. You say, this car is a lemon. And if you've replaced the car entirely, it must mean the entire line is a lemon. That would stand a reason. Now, to be completely fair, I think the most amazing thing about this entire study is seeing what apps have been crashing. Okay? So on iOS, the number one culprit, Snapchat. 17% of app failures were Snapchat failing. 14% Instagram. 9% Facebook. 5% Facebook Messenger. And Google was uh, was the bottom of the top five at 3%. Okay. Mostly social network stuff, right? Yep. Which would stand to reason because those are the apps that get used most frequently. Right. But they're all third-party developer apps. Yes. Okay. On Android, Google Play services, 12%. That's a core component of Android. Google Contact Sync, 5%. That's a core component of Android. The Address Book, 5%. That's a core component. Photos, 5%. Not necessarily a core component, but it's a Google app. Uh, And Samsung's TouchWiz Home Launcher, 5%. So credit where credit's due, yeah, iPhones fail more often, but at least app-wise, it seems that they're failing because of third-party developers, where Androids are failing because of Google Apps or OEM launchers. <laughs> that's not good. Yeah, that's... No, that's that's really not... That doesn't... That's not a good sign. And... If I'm being completely honest, I don't think it's apples to apples to say, well, yeah, your Facebook, sorry, yeah, the home launcher on my phone that came from the manufacturer keeps failing on me, but that's nothing. Your Facebook messenger keeps screwing up. Like, that's not a one-to-one comparison. No, no, it's not. Um, however, that all being said, there is a new security flaw for iPhones. There were some big ones, three of them, zero-day yeah. vulnerabilities. Yeah, and Apple was surprisingly fast to jump on these. Yeah, Granted, I, I'm glad I to think, see they didn't place the blame on the user and, you know, you're doing it wrong type of thing. I think that was kind of politically motivated this time. See, um, these vulnerabilities were used to target a human rights activist in the Middle East. I th- I honestly want to say, I mean, I don't want to come down on them too hard. I'm glad they released, they fixed the vulnerabilities. I'm glad they worked very, very fast. But when it was just a bunch of people who were losing money in their iTunes account, it was everyone else's fault. Yeah. It takes a human rights activist getting hacked before they just immediately jump into action. Yeah, this was a little bit of a high... um High profile, I guess, would be the word. Yeah, that's a good way of saying it. 
And so, you know, you got a lot of eyes on it. You got somebody who is well known that's being affected by this. You know, you think about uh, when all those iCloud accounts got hacked. It was a bunch of celebrities. Apple was like on that thing. I mean, they were on it quick. They were on it because, super fast. Yeah, they really had no choice. But uh, any other vulnerability that can't seem to care. Yeah. Go fig. Um, you know, I know we said we had a ton of iPhone news. Did I miss the rest of it? Is that it? Um, I don't know. We're really well prepared for this episode. You can our, tell. our show notes are freaking all over the place. They're all over. I think I it thought is. that there was something to do with the screen, but maybe it was the uh, it, the touch I think, disease. I, I think it was the touch disease. The bad Although touch. you know. Talking about failure rates, everyone always talks about how awesome their iPhone is. Why is it that, like, half the iPhones out there have shattered screens? I just, I don't get that. Take care of your stuff, people. Just a thought. I don't know what else to say to that. (laughs) So, in Android news, things aren't great there either. Um, HTC famously claimed that they would update their phones within 15 days of Nexus devices. Uh, A bit of backstory in case you aren't familiar with it and you've never heard us talk about it before. Nexus devices get the first updates, always. They're supposed to be, well, I shouldn't say always. They're supposed to, in theory, get updates first. Didn't your LG get uh, Marshmallow before I got it on my Nexus? Yep, yep, sure did. Um... But the idea is is that if you have a Nexus, you have the stock vanilla Google experience, and you get it faster than anyone. So HTC claiming that they will keep their phones up to date within 15 days of Nexus's, Nexus, Nexi, getting updates. <laughs> That's impressive. Nexus phones. Nexus phones, yes. That's impressive and ambitious, and it turns out completely unachievable because I don't think they have yet gotten it once. Well, uh, do you think that that's factoring into uh, T-Mobile dropping the the um, HTC 10 or whatever it is? I think so. I think that's part of it. I think, honestly, though, it's mainly because having that fast of an update means that you had to have had the staff working on it around the clock, just ready to go. Yes. I don't think they have any personnel who can do that anymore. I don't think they have personnel. <laughs> that's a nice low blow yeah uh so <laughs> the htc 10 is going to get uh the update to nougat oh geez sometime in the next two months i believe it is the a9 and the one nine is probably going to be sometime next year which is if you need the math, it's not within 15 days. No, it's not. And it's interesting, too, because Nougat came out on Monday yeah, for if- anybody who missed it. You know, a lot of people, I don't think, pay attention to it unless they have the Nexus devices. This one, Nougat, which is Android 7, if people aren't familiar, you know, the last one was Marshmallow. Nougat has flown largely under the radar this time. They really, really have. They really haven't announced it. They haven't announced all the features. 
it wasn't this huge amount of dance and show at the last developer IO. And, oh, by the way, it's already out there. It launched Monday for all Nexus devices. Well, not all Nexus devices. If you have a Nexus 5, sorry, you're not getting it. Yeah, that kind of sucks. I'm I'm a little bit bummed by that. I'm not going to lie. Not going to yeah. lie. And I've, I mean, yeah, I still have my Nexus 5. I don't use it. But, you know, it, it signals kind of the end of an era. Because mm-hmm. the Nexus 5, a lot of people would argue, is a perfect phone. And uh, I'm yeah, one I've of heard, those. I think it's wonderful. I've had per- people who say it's not perfect, that no phone is, but it's about as close as they've ever found. Exactly. So. I mean, I've, I've had three phones that I would put in that category. The, the S3, uh, the Nexus 5, and the S7. Uh, the S7, if I could root this thing, get Nougat on it, and keep my Samsung Pay, it would be ideal, I think. But uh, I don't think that's possible. Yeah, now I don't know. Into that. I know. You just, like, got my mind going. What can we do now? Hack all the time things. To the X- uh, time to hit the XDA forums. Um, also in uh, Android news, great our, our headlines are really, really problematic here. Because <laughs> I don't think this is Android news. Okay. Well, so in other is. news. Um, T-Mobile. Um, full disclosure before we get started on this. Zoner's on T-Mobile. I'm on T-Mobile. I make use of their play on for video and their uh, binge or whatever it is for audio. Which is to say that I get free streaming for Pandora, Spotify, Google Music, any of these audio apps that most people use. I can do as much as I want, unlimited for free. Netflix? Well, yeah, Netflix is one. But Netflix downscales. Yes. But when you're looking on a screen at the gym, it's not that big of a deal. Not a big deal at all, no. Um, YouTube... Also downscales. It throttles it. In fact, uh, it throttles it down to the point that it's basically like 360p resolution. And that's not a huge issue for me, because if I'm ever watching YouTube on my phone and I'm not on Wi-Fi, it's typically because I actually just wanted to hear a song that I knew I couldn't immediately pull up on Pandora or Spotify, and so I do it on YouTube. So I'm not actually watching the video anyway. I'm just listening to the music. Yeah. But there so are video quality is not an issue. Right. But there are people who use their phones primarily to watch YouTube videos. I'm going to guess they're unemployed. That's just my, my guess on the matter. But T-Mobile is wow. offering. How many, how many people can you offend here? I mean, tonight, because that, that was an awesome broad statement. I liked it. I'm just saying, you know, I like broads. Sure. <laughs> sure, we'll go with that. Um, if you want unlimited video and you want full 4G speed, T-Mobile has a solution for that. They have an unlimited plan you can buy. Well, if you thought T-Mobile was towing the line with their play-on or binge programs before... They're in kind of hot water over this new one because it full-on steps over the line. Whereas before, they were able to 
barely be on the right side of the law by saying, yeah, we're screwing with net neutrality by prioritizing video traffic, but we're giving it to people for free. Now they're saying we are prioritizing video traffic and charging people specifically for that type of traffic. And it breaches net neutrality because net neutrality says, "Uh uh-uh, you can't sort out what type of data it is. It's just simply data. People want 4G data and they want unlimited data. Well, you can charge them for that. Yeah. But this is an actual feature that just looks for video and charges you based on that. And that is against net neutrality, which is, of course, now law. Much to my chagrin. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, as T-Mobile does smart things, disruptive things, things that are disruptive to the industry, but are smart overall. I think this was a massive misstep. I don't know if they understood what net neutrality is. Or cared. Or cared, or didn't think that they'd get called on it. But they did. See, and I think that's what it is. I think that John Laguerre, he's such a maverick that I don't think that he thought anybody was going to call him out on this. And now people are calling him out on it, and it's, it's looking like it could be problematic. Very problematic. And it's... It's frustrating to me because, like I said, we're both on T-Mobile, and I like being on T-Mobile. But I like it so long as they're on the right side of things. Yes. You know, another company wants to try and edge them out of an area, so they jack up the price on leasing cellular towers. Well, that's wrong. You know, they're the victims there. Then I'm cheering all for my cell phone company. Um, They want to charge you to give you unlimited particular features. Oh, that's, that's not so cool. That would be like saying, in case people are wondering why I'm making a deal out of this, this would be the equivalent of Verizon saying, um, yeah, by the way, we're giving all of our customers five gigs of data every month, except for Pokemon go. Pokemon go is taking up too much of our server. We only give you 500 megs of that a month. But if you want more Pokemon go data, you can pay us. Yeah. that That's kind of called extortion. Yeah. Well, and it interestingly enough that you use Pokemon Go, it's free on T-Mobile. <laughs> so. Yeah, I think yay. the only reason they were able to get away with things like that, though, is because they were giving it to people for free. And you had to opt in. And you had to opt in. They weren't signing people up for it by default. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I'm curious to see what ends up happening with this and how it's going to ultimately affect their whole binge on and everything, the unlimited from these partners. I I wonder if it's just going to completely kill all that. It, it might, honestly. I'm not thrilled about that. I'm not either because, I mean, I use Pandora constantly. I use, you know, Google Music constantly. I... I use Netflix when I go to the gym. I mean, there's a lot that I use that that I'd be affected adversely by if that goes away. Indeed. Indeed. And I know I'm not the only one. Um, in other mobile news, so a while back, WhatsApp was acquired by Facebook. 
Yeah, this was, what, a couple years ago? Yeah, and and for the longest time, WhatsApp said, we don't track you, we don't track any information, we don't gather information, um, that's really not our business model, we don't care. And people were kind of worried, going, well, we know for a fact Facebook does. And now, yeah. if you're owned by Facebook, what does that mean? Oh, don't worry, don't worry, we don't pass any of that information on. There's no reason for us to pass it on. Fast forward to this week. Yeah, we're going to pass it on. It's like, pass what on? You've been telling us for years you don't even capture this stuff. Well, and I think that one of the, if I'm not mistaken, one of the stipulations with them being purchased by Facebook was that they had to maintain themselves as a separate entity. Right. And with them now giving data over to Facebook, something tells me they're in violation of that. Mm Mm-hmm. Just a thought. Just a, a very, very accurate thought. Um, Google is changing some things. The, most people, this is interesting to me because of my day job. I work for an SEO company, so this kind of directly affects. And it will be interesting to other people in that it affects them when they browse. But for the most part, most people won't actually even realize this is happening. But Google has decided to really stick it to those people who have the intrusive pop-up ads on mobile sites or sites that are formatted for mobile screens. I think this is awesome. Now, they're not like, when they say intrusive, they're not talking like, oh, well, I don't like this ad at the top of the page. They're talking about like the full screen ads that have the tiny, tiny X in the corner that you can barely see. So you end up going to whatever the site is linking to. Yeah. Or worse, lead to a pop under, which is where a pop-up happens, but it actually happens behind the screen you're looking at. So the next time you notice, you you pull up Chrome on your phone, you have 17 tabs open, and they're all ads except for the top one. I hate that. Yeah. Um, Well, how can they do that? Well, Google is not an internet search company. People think they are, but they're not. They're an ad company. And most of those ads, Google pays for or pays out based on. So the best way to penalize people, screw with how much money they get if you click on the ads. Yep. I think it's brilliant. I'm so glad they're doing this. I do too. But like I said, this isn't something that most people are going to notice or catch on to. It's just going to be really, really nice when you you go there. Now... There isn't word yet on whether or not this will affect ads that aren't necessarily served up by ad providers. For instance, you go to uh, widgetsandsprockets.com. Is that a real website? Probably, just because I said it. It just now popped into existence. But when you go there, they're running a sale. There's only five days left of the back-to-school widget and sprocket sale. And so a pop-up... goes up to fill the screen with the little X. There's nothing Google can do about that because that pop-up, that ad, is from that site. It's their pop-up. It's how they built their site. It's not being served or handled by Google Ad Services. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, honestly, I don't know if we're going to see a huge difference because of that, but it's kind of a thing, sure. Yeah, fun times. Yay. Um, A game site was hacked. I 
again. This is like the second time. Let me pull up the actual site here. Epic Games. Yeah, it's a, it's a forum, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is. And this is, uh, I want to say the second time. They don't bring it up in the... Uh, they don't bring it up in the article, but I know for a fact I've seen this come up in years past. And this time... Yeah, they. this is at least the second time that they've been hacked. Yeah, this time over 800,000 passwords stolen. Yeah. And this is... Epic Games is like Unreal Engine and Unreal Tournament stuff. So... Um, yeah, if you're if you're into that stuff, you may you may want to you may want to check. So, uh, if you play Infinity Blade, uh, UDK, Gears of War, or any uh, older Unreal Tournament games, um, hackers may have your info. Now, what's really important to note here is uh, not necessarily how they got the information, but when. A lot of these vulnerabilities, sorry, a lot of these hacks we bring to you that we talk about, turns out they were hacked in 2013. Right, which means your information has been out in the wild for three years. Not this one. This one happened this week. So if they've gotten your password, it's likely the password you're using right now on all these other sites. So go out there and reset things. Yeah, go change stuff. In a hurry. Okay. We only got a couple of headlines left. Um, One is hilarious. One is hilarious in a really bad way. So... The FBI grabbed a child porn site. I did we talk about this? We did initially. I don't think we did. And I generally try and steer clear of the child porn topics because child porn. Yeah, you should you should steer clear of child porn in general. I think that's a good rule to live by. Top tip. Stolen droids top tip. You know, we should monogram that somewhere. Yeah, a pro tip, avoid child porn. Um, but So the FBI seized it, and instead of shutting it down, kept it up and running for a couple weeks. They used it as a honeypot. So when people would come to visit the site and log in and do whatever, yeah, they would go ahead and install malware onto the visiting computers and use it to track people and track the visitors and who had child pornography on their computer. Makes sense, right? It, it's logical. However, uh, recent reports have come out that's kind of funny. Again, this is the funny part of the dark humor. That the FBI ran that site better than the actual site admins did. It was faster. It was more reliable. <laughs> I don't think they mean to say that it served up better content. Although the the content did increase. The amount of videos, the amount of images, all this stuff that was there increased. Membership, I think, went up by like 30% or something. That's kind of disturbing. During these two weeks. And that that's very disturbing. But I, I'm kind of bothered by this in some respect. I mean, yeah, it's... The subject itself is bothersome, but the fact that the FBI was out there almost enabling this is is kind of unnerving to me. I mean, it would be one thing if they just kept it open, but the fact that they improved it to the point where they were attracting new customers, 
I would that, like to think of this like I've, I've seen this in movies and TV shows. I don't know if this is actually the case, but I'm going to pretend it is because in my in the world in my little head, it 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 sounds better. But so they seize some cars from a drug lord, right? Yeah. And the drug lord has been put away in jail and the cars are just sitting there. And it's a really, really nice super sports car. And they have an agent who needs to go undercover. Well, give them the sports car. You know, use what's at their disposal to help build his case, build his 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 backstory. He can't he can't roll up pretending to be a oil tycoon driving a Toyota Tracel. So give him the True. super. You know, give him the Maybach that they seized from a king a drug kingpin. I would like to think that's what happened here. They've seized other child pornography sites. And said, hey, let's make this site as attractive as possible. Get as many people in. And so we'll just take all the content we seized from this from these other places and put it in here. I don't know if that makes things better in your mind. It makes it a little bit better in mine. Because, yeah, otherwise I, I don't want to think of how or why this happened. I mean, it's such a horrible topic to begin with. I mean... It's not something that I want to think about, but, you know, the fact that it just, I don't know, it really bothers me that that the FBI made it so much better, you know? It's like, leave it open, catch what you can. These people all suck. They need to be in jail anyways. They're horrible people. Uh, don't, like, make things better for them. Don't don't make it easier to get the content. Don't make it, you know, more appealing to try and locate the content or upload the content or whatever. Just yeah, I I got a lot of problems with that. I just I feel like it's almost entrapment. Yeah. And maybe this is me not fully appreciating proper due process and law, but this is a crime I don't mind entrapping people for. See, and there is that, too. <laughs> because, let's, let's face it, I mean, these are despicable individuals. There's yeah. no ifs, ands, or buts about it. And uh, they deserve whatever they have coming to them. But I just, I feel very uneasy about the FBI making it so much more awesome. Interesting choice of words. Uh, let's end on a slightly better note. Um, Mozilla, the company that makes Mozilla Firefox, is rebranding. And they're asking the internet for help. They've come up with a bunch of different new logos, new directions to take their name. And they want people to vote on them and give feedback. And each one of these is supposed to highlight a certain aspect of the Mozilla name and history. And the first one they have... Looks like the Eye of Sauron? A little bit. Like, uh, okay. Yeah, a little bit, I think. Um, you know, I find it hilarious because typically when a company goes to the internet for something like this... You get Bodie McBoatface. You get Bodie McBoatface. It's not going to end well. Yet, 
I kind of like how Mozilla did it this time, where they put the selections out there. They said, okay, this is what you get to choose from Internet. What do you like best? So I think that they were smart in how they did it, but generally, you know, this stuff doesn't end well on the Internet. No. That being said, there is, I mean, some of these logos are, in my opinion, straight up stupid. But there is one I actually really like. It's the fourth one on this slideshow, and it makes it look like M-O-Z colon slash slash A. It makes it look like a web address. And that was my favorite one as well. Yeah, I like it. It just it harkens back to the early days of the internet to me. I like that one. It does. Yeah, that that's a good one. Into our favorites. My favorite this week is a behind the scenes look at um Kubo and the Two Strings. It's a movie that's out right now. I haven't seen it yet. I've been told by everyone who's seen it that it looks beautiful. Some people like the story, some people don't, but everyone seems to be able to agree that it looks gorgeous. And something I didn't know, I thought this movie was entirely computer animated. I think we just kind of assume that in this day and age. It turns out a good portion of it was actually stop motion. And so what they did here is they've taken the parts that were stop motion and they've shown you how they've done it, but instead of like the normal behind-the-scenes interviews of them moving individual pieces or an interview with the creator to show him how he sculpted the piece. Instead, they're showing the entire scene. But instead of being really close up like you see in the movie, they've zoomed way out. So suddenly, the puppeteer is moving at just warp speed in order to get this fluid motion. And you can see how they're changing the set pieces and moving the green screen up. And it's just amazing. You can see some of the puppeteers like changing clothes throughout a scene. So like a single animation sequence evidently took four or five days to do. It's And you can see it in just like seconds. Yeah, it's it's only a two minute, uh, a two and a half minute long video, but it is fascinating to see. So check it out. Okay, my favorite this week, uh, some of you may recall uh, the Nathan Fillion, Alan Tudyk uh, show that was that was released on the internet uh, called Con Man, where Alan Tudyk is going to conventions, former sci-fi um, actor and whatnot. Really funny show. If you haven't seen it, I recommend it. Well, they've developed a game based on this. And if you've played games like Fallout Shelter... Um, it's kind of along the same lines. You are the convention promoter and you have to lay out the convention and get people and keep them happy and take out the trash and make sure the toilets are working and all that fun stuff. And the trailer for this is really quite awesome. Uh, the game, you know, it is what it is. It's a fun game. Good way to kill some time. But the trailer, it's got Alan Tudyk and Nathan Fillion talking about the game and they're animated as they are in the game and it's just a lot of fun i really enjoyed it so i thought you might too so go check it out and i should mention as well uh, i believe this was produced by uh, felicia day from geek and sundry i i'm not sure if it's like a geek and sundry game or what but she was one of the producers for this she helped develop it so you know it's got some serious serious geek cred behind it well, you gotta love anything that she does. 
Well, I mean, Felicia Day, Nathan Fillion, and Alan Tudyk, all three of them are like just nerd gold. Indeed. Indeed. Um, they are our new gods, and they demand that we, we check it out. Just as we demand for feedback. Feedback at StolenDroids.com or give us a call 801-917-GEEK. Follow us on Facebook, friend us on Twitter, or, you know, reverse that too. Um, and until next time, cheers. Good day. This has been a Stolen Droids Media Production.